0: Welcome to Coach to Coach, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the power of coaching. I'm your host, Dr. Katie Linder, and I offer coaching to academics and higher education professionals to bring more ease to their lives and work. Before you dive into this episode, here's a quick introduction to the structure of the show. In each season of Coach to Coach, a new guest coach will come on the show to demonstrate a range of coaching tools and strategies. The first episode will offer you an introduction to the guest coach, Then I'll coach the guest, and they'll coach me, for the next six episodes, and always on real topics and issues we're dealing with in our own lives. Each season will end with a debrief episode where we'll talk about how the season went and offer any updates on the topics covered in earlier episodes. It might make the most sense to start each season in the beginning and listen to the episodes in order. This season, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Isabo Iqbal. Isabeau specializes in helping ambitious perfectionists get out of their own way so that they can experience greater joy and fulfillment in their careers. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Isabeau. How are you?
1: I'm doing all right, Katie. Very happy to see you. How's it going for you?
0: I am very happy to see you, too. Um this is being recorded for our listeners who probably listened to season one. If you haven't listened to season one, you can go back and listen. This is being recorded in um, getting toward almost the holidays. We are past mid-December, if you can believe it. And for folks who listen to season one at the end, especially, um, I'm changing jobs. So um, Isabeau has been incredibly flexible with my schedule during this period of, of recording time and transition. So things are feeling very transition like at this point as uh, i get prepared to move on january 6th understandably yes <laughs> yes
1: we have time dedicated for me to coach you today mm-hmm. and um love to know what you'd like to focus on
0: so um this has been uh the past week or two has been a really heavy goal setting time for me i've been thinking a lot about 2020 And reflecting a lot on 2019 and kind of where I want to go. And it's so perfectly timed because of this job transition. And um, one of my goals for uh, 2020 that is kind of interesting maybe to this audience is the the idea of deepening my um, coaching and really thinking about intentionally getting some kind of professional development on my own schedule around my coaching. Mm -hmm. And I see this happening in a few different ways. Um, One is I have started a coaching journal to kind of debrief my own sessions and to really try to look for patterns and think about the tools and techniques I'm using when I'm working with different clients. And then I'm also going to be doing some reading. Um, My coach training launches in January. I feel like that's definitely going to be deepening things. But one of the things I was hoping to talk about today was as I transitioned into this new job, I think there's going to be opportunities for me to use coaching skills in the workplace. Um, Not taking on clients in the traditional way, so I want to be clear about that. This is not something that I would be adding to my coaching log, you know, officially. Um, But that I can use the skills that I've gained as a coach in certain situations or certain contexts. And that is not something I really actively did. Um, at the job that I'm leaving. Um, I didn't feel like it was really appropriate, Um, but the job I'm going to is aware that I have this skill set, and I think it makes sense to kind of blend it in where I can. So I thought it would be helpful today to think about some methods for bringing coaching into the workplace and I thought this might also be interesting for some of our listeners who, if they are practicing coaches, you know, may want to think about this too, if they have full-time jobs and they're trying to also make these kinds of transitions.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. So bring coaching into the workplace, something that's a shift from the current situation. What's calling you to, to this topic today? Why does it feel important?
0: That's a really good question. So I think it feels important to me because, um, Part of the reason I went on the job market was because I felt misalignment between my current job and what I felt like I should be doing. And part of that misalignment, a big part of it, was I really needed to show up as an expert every day in my job as a researcher. And that was kind of what I was hired to do. And the most recently, maybe within the past six months to a year, as I've been coaching more, that has really not felt aligned for me. And it's been a lot of code switching between the coaching I was doing outside of work and what I was doing inside of work being the expert and showing up in a pretty public way as an expert. So I feel like this is really on my mind as I'm starting the new job because I I feel like it would be easy for me to fall into the expert mode just because it comes very naturally to me. It's a huge part of my training and experience. And I'd like to think really intentionally about what does it mean to show up as a coach um, in the same way that, for example, I thought very intentionally about this over the summer when I was designing a new keynote, and I keynoted in December earlier this month as a coach, and I really showed up as a coach in that keynote. And so it's, it's an ongoing practice for me of just really trying to be purposeful about not just being a coach in my practice, but also being a coach in other parts of my life. It doesn't mean there's no boundaries. So I want to be clear about that. There definitely are, which I think is part of this conversation is like, is it always a good idea to show up as a coach? You know, like, and, but what is the relationship, I guess, for me, the question I'm asking between my full-time job, my coaching practice and alignment? And can I bring those things more into alignment so that I'm not feeling like I'm code switching when I'm going from one place to another as much as I do now?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. OK, thank you. And in terms of our time together today, by the end of our session, what would feel like it's been a valuable use of time? What do you want to walk away with?
0: So I think a couple of things. One would be to think about scenarios in which coaching might be appropriate or a coaching mindset, because I want to be kind of separating out a coaching mindset or coaching skills from the actual act of coaching like a person individually. Um, So different scenarios where that might happen Uh in the job that I'm going into. And then also maybe thinking about if there are reflective practices or other kinds of practices that would help me to prepare myself for that. So whether that's reading a book every month around coaching, just kind of keeping myself in that mode. And it's interesting. I mean, I can imagine that some people might be listening to this and thinking, you know, you're coaching a lot. You're doing the coach training. Like, how is it that you're not in this mode? But it actually is surprisingly easy to get out of it because I think you kind of get into autopilot a little bit with some of the ways that you can be coaching, especially when you're doing it a lot. And so what I'm trying to do here by kind of deepening my practice this year is to stay on that surface of, you know, not going into autopilot and really being intentional about that practice. And I think this is just kind of one angle of it. So by giving myself some kind of potential ways, methods, practices of being attentive to how this is happening in the workplace, um, whether it's before something starts or after something is over, you know, like either one I think would be useful. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, So looking at scenarios and then looking at scenarios where the coaching mindset may be in the new workplace and then also uh, some practice, reflective practices, including methods, strategies, some practical Mm -hmm. pieces. Okay. All right. Clearly, you're going into a new job that you don't know the full picture. Um, What do you think might be the types of scenarios that would be part of this role where a coaching mindset may be something that you that you bring
0: to that situation. So I'm really glad you prefaced that by saying I probably don't know all the things because I really don't. Like Mm -hmm. this is a really good example of a situation I'm going into where I feel like there are some things that are known and there are a lot of things that are not. So the things that I think are known would be I'm probably going to be in situations where I have lots of meetings, mm-hmm. like especially initially, I think I'm going to be getting a lot of information from a lot of different people. And this is pretty typical, I think, of any new job where it's just kind of a fire hose of information coming at you. So I think there will be situations in which I will be attending meetings um, and at not leading them. So that would be one situation. I think it's also possible I will be asked relatively quickly to lead certain meetings. So I see kind of two angles there, one in which I'm more of a participant and one in which I'm more kind of setting the agenda and facilitating meetings. So that's one set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another set of circumstances is I just received, so I've got my email set up and they're already adding things to my calendar and things. So it's getting very real. But one of the emails I recently received was reminding employees about their goal setting for 2020. And so I anticipate I'll be having some goal setting and kind of professional development conversations with the team that reports to me. Mm -hmm. So there's also kind of those one on one meetings that I'm going to be having with uh, my staff. And it's a bigger team than I've ever had. So I also anticipate there will be team meetings and one-on-one meetings that will be happening and maybe even subgroup meetings because there's like multiple groups that report to me that have their own kind of teams within the team if that makes sense yeah that's an unknown for me I'm not quite sure what the structure is in terms of those kinds of meetings if they already have things that are taking place that I would be kind of just joining in um, or if I need to set things up so again kind of lots of meetings there um, and then I also think there are going to be quite a few opportunities where I'm going to have to synthesize information relatively quickly and make some decisions. Um, I'll be gathering data and in all forms and talking with different people and making some you know decisions or, facilitating some decision making that might be another way of putting it with a, a group of mm-hmm. people about how to move forward in a particular situation. Um, and then the other thing that I think is farther out but is still on my mind is some of this role is around curriculum design. And I see the potential of maybe doing a retreat type something yeah where I would be kind of facilitating some group engagement around, next steps you know in that way so um that's another thing that again i don't think is going to be immediate i don't even know if it's going to happen in the first year but i see some planning around that kind of possibility there may be uh, there will probably be other things that come out through this conversation but those are kind of the immediate ones um, that come to mind. I'm wondering if there's any on your mind that you're like, oh, you haven't thought about X, Y, or Z. <laughs> this is probably going to come up well, from your coaching perspective. Yeah,
1: I, I feel like the ones that happen the most uh, frequently are those everyday conversations and interactions,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not where it's a planned meeting or a formal you know, conversation set up with the, a direct reporter or anybody mm-hmm. else, but it's those moments in the hallway, or when someone comes to your office, or um, so those are. That's what comes to mind mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. me as possibly an addition to this list.
0: Mm-hmm. When well, when you say that, the other thing that it makes me think of that I think is related to that is this concept of like coaching as a way of being. Exactly. Right. So yes. it's not like I turn on my coaching switch because I know <laughs> I'm going into a meeting. It's like, what does it mean to be a coach in this space? Yeah. And especially, I think. I don't want to put pressure on this, but I do feel that there is this sense of responsibility that when people know that you're a certified coach, that you would show up in a particular kind of way or that you wouldn't like lose your cool in a situation or, you know, like yeah. whatever that may look like. Um, so that's something else, again, like coaching as a way of being, I think is, is how I would think about that. Yeah.
1: I'm wondering, um, because you may have said this, are you replacing somebody or is this a new role? Um, can you tell me a little
0: bit about the context? Yeah, that's a good question too. So, um, in this particular situation, this is actually why it's on my mind. Um, I am not replacing someone, Mm -hmm. but this is a, a role that's been open for quite some time. And so this team has been without a leader for about a year. Wow. So there's definitely a gap that's being filled with this particular situation and there's also been some reorganization that's happened within this team during that time Um, and they've been reporting to the person that I will be reporting to Mm -hmm. so that's that's really put it on my mind as a kind of chief responsibility of my role is managing the people and the emotions of this work because it does involve a lot of change and a lot of growth and a lot of building that I think a big part of my job is going to be the people, um, both in my unit, but also around the institution that we're working with on different projects. Um, and I'll be honest, that's a little intimidating because it's, that's a big weight to carry, um, that will be
2: taxing. Mm -hmm. It will be taxing. Agree. And so on one hand, there's the
1: taxing aspect of code switching, as you were talking about. And then there's a potentially um, taxing aspect of caring for so many
0: people. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think about, you know, it's one of those situations of not that I will view all of these people as my clients. And again, I want to draw that clear boundary. I don't see my staff as my clients. I don't think it's appropriate to treat them as my clients. Um, again, so it's thinking about the coaching mindset, but being in the coaching mindset takes attention and thinking about powerful questions in the moment, thinking about being in the other person's shoes and how can you facilitate what you need given their stance, you know, in that situation. Like there's a lot of just mental emotional negotiation with yourself and with the situation. Um, so I'm also really anticipating being tired initially, you know, at the end of the day of, of really that it's going to be taxing work and how can I kind of set myself up to know that, to accept that and to build my calendar around that so that I'm not in the same way that I don't take on a certain amount of coaching appointments in a day. I'm also being careful about how much I'm loading my calendar, um, during this period as well. Yeah
1: with, with things outside of the work or with things within work or both?
0: Oh, Isabel, you just get right to the, (laughs) right to the heart of it. Well, the the outside of work stuff is kind of, it's very tied to the coaching business and that's kind of decided. So, um, I am trying to, my, I do have a lighter load in the first half of the year. Like that was very intentional for me to do that. Um, I'm, I'm talking more at this point though about my calendar management, During the day Mm -hmm. and trying, because I do remember at the the last job, the one I'm in now that I came into, I would have up to eight meetings a day. There was no time to process information. And I would like to have a little more control over that this time around. I think I can set some boundaries. Mm -hmm. There will be days that I can't control that completely. Um, But I think that if I can build in processing time, like that's going to be really important. And I think the role and what I'm being asked to do, that's a very clear part of the role is the vision. So I can't do the vision if I'm in meetings all day. So I think that um, that's something else I'm, I'm kind of trying to be attentive to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. Okay.
1: You said earlier, you were interested in exploring situations where the coaching mindset, coaching being would be um, appropriate or potentially appropriate. And you also were interested in looking at situations where it may not be, or that's the way I heard it.
0: Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think that, um, it's like a different kind of boundary setting or -hmm. a different kind of code switching, because I think that where I am right now, it's like code switching between expert and coach. Mm-hmm. And there's a pretty clear line between that. You just don't really show up for coaching as an expert. It's yeah. just not yeah. really, it's not how it's done. <laughs> I feel like that line in this job will shift to being more on the side of the coaching spectrum where it's like in my coaching practice, I will show up as a coach 100%. Yeah. Like in terms of like, you are my client. I am your coach. I am I am practicing coaching You know, in a very structured way, you know, in in a way that ICF is, you know, aligned with all of that. Whereas I think in the workplace, it's more of a mindset than it is a formality. Mm -hmm. So it's a different kind of boundary. And I feel like that boundary is going to be a little bit more gray, which concerns me a little bit. I'll be honest. Like, it's, I don't feel like it's as clear. I feel it's more aligned, but it's something that I think I'm really gonna have to be careful with. And at least initially, as I'm kind of feeling it out, I think it could end up being something that's great. And I'm like, oh, this is not the thing I needed to worry about. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, this is just fine. But because I haven't actively done this, um, well, actually, let me back up. I think part of where the concern is coming from is in the past, I have actively done this as a faculty developer, and it burned me out because I was practicing coaching one-on-one with individuals. I didn't call it that at the time, and I wasn't certified at the time, but that's what it was. Yeah. And I didn't know the practices I needed to have in place to be caring for myself in those situations, because um, there is a lot of self-care, I think, when you're in a profession like coaching um, or therapy or you know other kinds of helping professions. So... Um, That is in the back of my mind. Yeah, that's I I probably wasn't realizing that until speaking it now, Mm -hmm. Um, that that there is a concern for me that I will be burnt out if I do this too much um, or kind of as deeply as I do it in my coaching practice. Yeah. So it's like some things need to be brought over, but I need to be thoughtful about what those things are and not be um, overtaxing myself cognitively to do this work 100% of the time.
2: Mm -hmm. You're going, you're in a transition, as you said, at
1: the start of this um, coaching call and self-care was something that we have talked about in a few different, a few different ways. As you think about your coaching being and this new role and knowing that you burnt out in the past when you had adopted this, these practices at work more fully what are some what are some of
2: your thoughts around caring for yourself while also showing up as a coach
0: i think this is the year that i'm probably going to start taking vacation for vacation's sake Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's been something that in the past I have chosen. And and if you listen to season one, you heard me talk about a creative retreat. Um, that is typically how I use my vacation time um, and if, for speaking and things like that. I am pulling back on speaking this year. Mm-hmm. I have a few things on my my calendar already booked, but I'm trying to be really careful about how I do that. Um, the other thing that is a benefit of this work um, with this new institution is I actually get two days for consulting work every month that I don't have to take vacation. So I will not be draining my vacation pool to do some of the travel and other things that I, I build into that. But I, I definitely see that as being part of it, is really trying to rest in a different way than I, than I typically have. I anticipate the first couple of months that I'll be getting a lot more sleep. Um, And that I will be going to bed earlier and being really thoughtful about that. Um, I have pulled back, as I mentioned, on some of my other obligations. Um, There definitely are things on my calendar, but it's not as heavy as it could be. Um, And so I think that that has been a helpful way to think about self-care. I'll be booking monthly massages, which is something I'm doing right now. So that's a part of it for me. Um, And then the other thing that I'm getting very serious about is um, fitness because I am setting up a situation for myself in my new city where I will have a gym and I will have something in my home, um, which is something that we just have not had room for uh, to consistently have where we currently live, but we will have room for. And I have some equipment and things like that that I like to set up so that's part of um, the self-care for me too is really making time for that and trying to if I can and I don't know the culture of this new workplace so this is part of the unknown for me I'd really like to get out a couple days a week and go do like a yoga class Mm -hmm. in the middle of the day like over my lunch hour and um, again I'm not quite sure you know if that's something that's gonna feel reasonable but I feel like setting that boundary early is really important to me um, and trying to make sure that I'm building that in and, and doing some of that work-life balance. I don't anticipate it being a problem, but mm-hmm. I think that you know I want to be kind of open to what the culture is and, and what that looks like. So I definitely feel like I am building in some of that. And then the last thing I think I would say is um, for the past six to eight months or so, I've really been deepening my practice around reflective writing. And I am not actively working on a book project in 2020. And so that is, I think, going to be funneled into more of the journaling, more of the reflective writing. I am putting a, I've kind of chosen a phrase for the first part of the year, at least, um, to really kind of center what I'm trying to do. And that phrase is being deeply rooted And I think during times of transition, I really want to be deeply rooted in my values. And so I'm trying really hard to be attentive to that as we're going through this move. And so I think the self-care is part of that. So it's actually something that's very much on my mind um, as I'm thinking about this. And I think there will be challenging moments because I, you know, for me, self-care often happens in the evenings and I will have some evening obligations and things like that. Um, So I'm just going to, I think it's like a week to week thing. I'm just going to have to look at my schedule and every week try to figure out when is my solitude time? When is my time with my partner? When can I prep food so that I have good food? How can I get to bed on time? You know, like all of those things are going to be priorities for me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I love what you said earlier about uh, managing your calendar and meeting schedule differently. And wondered also, we haven't really talked about this in the past, but to what extent your physical space is a a way to self-care. So some of the things you've listed here are around doing or not doing. And I'm imagining your office space, your physical environment as an opportunity for self-care too and wondered if you'd given any thought to
0: that so this is a really good question i'm glad you've asked it i should be thinking about this i have visited my office space it is not ideal i'll just put it that way um it's close to a busy street there is some kind of noise pollution going on And I am definitely going into it with a mindset of like, I'm going to make the best of this situation because it is a situation where the whole organization that I work for is actually trying to move to like a different building because it's just not ideal for anyone. Um, But I have thought about, for example, making sure I have hot water to make tea. And if I need to bring in a kettle or something to do that, I will have a mini fridge in my office. I have um, a standing desk set up. I've ordered a bunch of whiteboards to be installed in my office. Before I get there, there's a small conference room next to my office where I can hold meetings. Like there there are certain things that are already kind of in play around that. And I think um the other thing I have I've considered quite a bit is how much I'm actually going to be in that space because I think especially with meetings, I may be initially walking around a lot and and visiting other people, which could be good. I will have an office space in my home, which I think that is more applicable to in terms of just what I can set up and um I have as another one of my 2020 goals making our new house a home and really trying to settle into that space and and see what that means for us so it's on my mind but I think that um I'm definitely moving from, a spa- I'm moving from a space that is newly renovated in my current job to a space that is in desperate need of renovations yes. <laughs> in my new job. And I do think environment is important. Um, and I don't want to make it so important that it's really distracting to me if it's not kind of the ideal thing that I would want. So um, there's a balancing act there for me. Yeah, yeah, and awareness. And awareness, yes. Yeah. And I would imagine many people listening to this have the same situation. I mean, we are just not always in the environments we want to be in. And it doesn't mean that we can't be effective in our work. Um, so, yeah, but that it is interesting though to think about going into a new space and finding the respite places. And it may not be my office, it may be a coffee shop, it may be, you know, there is a local library that I think is within walking distance of where I work, you know, and that was a big deal for me to have that in my current place of employment. So, things like that. I'll be exploring in this, this first couple of months to see how does everything land in terms of settling into that space.
1: For today, you wanted to take a look at the scenarios where coaching mindset um, may be applicable. And we, we took a look at that also, some of the scenarios where it may be less applicable. And you also wanted to take a look at um, reflective practices methods and and other pieces like that to bring to bring into uh the coaching at work at k state you've talked a fair bit not a fair bit you've talked about reflection or that piece really being on your mind for for 2020 and i would love to hear your ideas for for what the coaching might look like, I guess, more, more practically. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what you're getting at when you talked about reflective practices and methods within your workplace.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's two angles that I'm kind of thinking about this from, and I'm glad you're separating them out. One is the actual practices of coaching skills that could come up in these spaces. And I, I think powerful questions is a great example of Mm -hmm. that. You know, when I'm in a meeting, can I ask a powerful question? Like what is our goal here? Or who are we serving here? Mm-hmm. Or you know, like trying to kind of bring people back to like these very central tenets of what we're trying to do. So I see that as kind of a coaching skill, practice mindset, you know that I will be, that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about when we've talked about these different contexts. But there's also this other set of practices that maybe I could refer to as meta practices. When I say reflective practices, this is kind of what I'm thinking about, which is helping to prepare me to be as a coach in those spaces. So for example, managing my calendar in such a way that I'm not going from one place to another with zero time to reflect or prepare on what we're doing would be one example maybe of a reflective practice. Um, Journaling has been important for me in the past um, several months as I'm thinking about this transition. And now that I have a coaching journal, that's something that I think might be relevant. Um, And I'm actually kind of writing some of this stuff down as we're talking, just because I think it's helpful for me to be kind of thinking about. I think it will be helpful for me to keep reading about coaching, to be kind of fresh about what are other ways for me to be thinking about this, In this context, just because it has not, this is a new context for me to be thinking about this as a certified coach who is practicing as a coach than I have ever done before. Like, even though I did it before, I wasn't really trained officially. And even though I was practicing in this past job, I wasn't trying to bring it into the workplace. So, this feels like a very new kind of set of circumstances for me to be intentionally doing this. So, I think doing some readings around it is going to be helpful. I think it might also be helpful for me to think about, and I've done this with some of my clients in the workplace, is just kind of having a moment before you go into a meeting that's like, what is my goal for this meeting? Is there information I'm trying to get out of this meeting? Is there a decision I'm trying to have come out of this meeting? You know, like trying to kind of center on, the goals, and even maybe even some of the values that I'm trying to bring in to a particular space. Like what is important here? What are we prioritizing and why? So some work around values and priorities um, I think will be important. And especially when we're getting to a place, which I anticipate won't be too far into the job, where we're making some difficult decisions Um, and really needing to kind of center people around what is the bigger picture here? Um, What do we really care about? when we're making these decisions, what are the criteria that can help us make these decisions in a way that feels aligned with our values, you know, these kinds of things. And it's easy for me to say that now when I'm not in a situation sitting with a bunch of deans around a table or, you know, whatever the the context might be. Um, and so I think it's going to be important for me to maybe even add notes into my calendar or look a week ahead and say like what's coming up or even at the, maybe having some time in the morning to like review my calendar and kind of get into like what's happening today and what are the outcomes, you know, that I'm trying to bring about. So it's almost a little bit like Mm self-coaching. Like it's how it's even thinking about myself as the client, like what is it that I want out of this particular situation and how do I use my skills, superpowers, abilities to, bring something to the table at least and see how other people respond
2: and react to it what do you think your team or colleagues
1: need to know about you or
2: coaching that would help you show up as a coach That's interesting because one
0: of the things that I feel like I can't ask for is accountability in this space. Like it is not their job to be like, you're not showing up as a coach right now or how'd you show up as a coach today? Like that is not their job to do that for me. Um, Which is why I think I'm trying to think about it ahead of time so much. Um, I do feel like this is a situation where it's like modeling. Like there's a lot of modeling of behavior Um, that people may or may not understand as being a coaching behavior, but hopefully they would see it as a leadership behavior, um, or, you know, some other kind, you know, a creative facilitation behavior or something along those lines. So I think that, um, I don't know that they need to know much. I mean, I think if they were there when I interviewed, they know that I'm a certified coach if they looked at my CV. They may not even know. Yeah. Um, it may not be part of, of what they're interested in. Um, I do think there may be some people on my team who will be interested in coaching as a professional development mode for themselves, which is something that maybe will come up in different conversations. But um, it is something that I talked about with the person I'll be reporting to when I interviewed, and um, she seemed to think it would just make me better as a manager in this job to have this skill set, this skillset, which I agree with. I think that coaching skill sets in the workplace are very impactful. Um, so I see, I think I see it the most through that modeling of just modeling behaviors that I would want to see. Um, and this is, I think the part that I'm maybe the most nervous about is when I'm tired, it's a lot harder for me to coach effectively Um, and if we have people who are listening to this, who are practicing coaches, you know, if you've had a long day of coaching by the end, you know, you're feeling depleted. It's, it's a lot of mental work to think carefully about what, how you're facilitating that situation. So that's the part that makes me a little bit nervous is I'm already going to feel a little depleted because I'm around a lot of new people and I'm an introvert I'm going to have to process a lot of information. So I'll be having a lot of cognitive overload and I'm going to be trying to kind of implement some of these practices. Um, And it doesn't feel like something that can wait because I don't want to set up myself as being a certain way. And then like six months in, I'm like radically (laughs) shifting my practices. (laughs) Like that just doesn't seem, you know, like a good possibility. So So that's the other piece I think about the self-care is like, I've got to have ways to replenish Either throughout the day or in the evenings, so that I can show up in the way that I want to. So here's
1: what's behind that that last question is I'm thinking of you going into a new work situation where people have been your your uh, direct reports have been without a leader. Um, they've been with the leader, but the you that person to whom they were meant to report possibly. Um, that position didn't exist. You're an unknown. There's probably a lot of um both excitement but also apprehension about what does this mean? You've uh talked about wanting to to care for the people and I think so my thinking was is there Would there be a benefit to you being able to articulate to them something about your approach because they may, a few people may know that you're a coach, but that may not mean anything to them. Like they may not understand what coaching is as a way to better understand who you are and the way you will be interacting with people. Is there a piece around sharing more um,
0: that would be helpful?
1: And I don't, I don't know. I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I mean, what immediately comes to mind when you're saying that is, I see that being useful around articulating rationales. So, like when you said, what's really behind this question is this. Mm-hmm. So if I were to frame a powerful question, I might say, here's what's behind this question for me. What do we value? And how is what we're valuing? And, and so it's almost a way of like articulating certain philosophies mm-hmm. in the workplace around what we're prioritizing and why. And especially in a leadership role, I think this is very important. So this is also a very um, interesting space for like thinking about coaching as leadership and what does it mean to not show up as an expert, be very facilitative, and coach in a leadership role. And that's very interesting to me Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: think about how to do that because I think we have leaders in higher ed that show up in all kinds of ways. And I think this is one contribution I can make is to show up in this way and to model what this looks like. So I don't necessarily see it as saying explicitly, as a certified coach, this is how I handle this situation. Like, I don't know that that kind of explicitness is appropriate. But I do see it as modeling certain behaviors and articulating why I'm choosing to use those behaviors in that moment. And particularly for, if like, let's say there's people who report to me who also supervise other people. That might be especially helpful to them to think about it. Because there's coaching as a leader. There's also coaching as a manager. I think leadership and management are two separate things. So how do you you know, facilitate that within those environments. Um, and I do feel like there is such a undervaluing maybe of the, not in coaching, but in other spaces, of the importance of the right question. And so to me, I actually feel like a huge part of this will be how do I frame powerful questions and how do I show up in such a way that I have the mental capacity to frame those powerful questions when they need to be asked, and then to listen because so much of a new role is listening. So that's another part of the practice, I think, is creating the space for that. And, and also, when I'm coming into a place and I'm being asked to be creative and I'm being asked to make change, which is part of this role, how do I hold space for that transition for other people? So there's also a part of the practice that's just holding space and helping people through that transition time. Sometimes they'll come along, sometimes they won't. And how do you like managing those emotions and and thinking about that as well? So that's something else, I guess, that would be helpful. And I think the articulating of those rationales and the philosophies around them comes back to the values and the priorities part.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. when you think about those last few pieces that you've mentioned,
1: is there anything about practices that you want
2: to get more specific about for the purposes of your, you know, your agenda item today?
0: Well, I think I've written a bunch of stuff down. So let me just read through what I have here in terms of practices. Journaling was one that I wrote down, powerful questions, thinking about some readings the calendar management piece, which has an extra layer that someone else actually is managing my calendar. Um, so that's a whole thing that I will need to, to deal with. Um, values and priorities, and articulating rationales, modeling philosophies, treating myself as a client uh-huh. in certain moments, um, and then also holding space and what that looks like. The other piece that I think is actually really huge and it came up and I feel like I kind of glossed over it is accountability. My practices of holding others accountable, which is totally a huge part of coach training in terms of like how you show up for your clients. And I think that's a big part of how I'm going to be showing up in this role is holding people accountable to certain systems and practices that will be built while I'm there. But also my own accountability as a person in this space trying to practice in this way. Who do I have to talk to about that? So that's something I need to think about because it's not really something I can do debriefing of work with my partner at the end of the day, which is a very typical kind of practice, but he is not a coach. And so who are the coaches I know that I can maybe engage with to talk about this idea of what it means to show up Mm -hmm. in these spaces? And what do I want them to ask me? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or how do I want them to push me and or hold me accountable to that? And I won't necessarily, I mean, that I know of. It's totally possible there are other practicing coaches on campus that I just don't know. Um, And it may be that I want to seek out a small group of people once I get there and kind of figure out what the situation is in the context Mm -hmm. so that I have a leadership community that I can be engaging with. But that's another thing I'd like to be thinking about is, is how and, – and also I would add, I guess, to that the extra layer now that I'm talking it out is a lot of how I show up in my coaching practice as a coach for other people means that they – my clients are obviously not providing that accountability to me. And even in the coach training situation that I'm creating, it's not really a space for me It is a space for the people in the training. So I create a lot of spaces for other people and I hold a lot of space for other people. And I also need to make sure that I'm creating a space where I can have that as well.
1: Agree. And you mentioned a few moments ago that that was something or that you might, um, that you would wait a little while to, to figure out. Is that something that you want to wait
0: on? Well, I think if it's going to be local and and on campus, it would not be something I could immediately put into place. Like I I would need to have a sense of personalities. And like, it's kind of like when you think about forming new friendships, Mm -hmm. you know, in the workplace, it's like, it takes a little while, for me at least, to kind of figure out who the appropriate people are and who I'm connecting with and that kind of thing. I think when I add in the layer of who knows coaching, it's like... Who I mean, I don't even know that there's going to be anybody there who who would be appropriate in that role. Um, it may be that this is something that I kind of revisit after about a month on the job to see how I feel like it's going and to what degree do I need to be processing this. I think it's possible that at least initially the journaling will get me there, that I can be kind of processing some of this through the reflective writing. Um. But I do wonder if at some point, and this is just maybe a question for me to explore this year, is what kind of coaching support group I need um, with people who see me as a peer
2: and not as someone who's holding space for them. Yeah. Yeah, and coaching support group is one option. Having a coach is another option. Mm-hmm. There may be other possibilities there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think it may be helpful too. So this is the year, probably in the first month or two of the year, that I level up my coaching certification mm-hmm. to PCC level. And that it may also kind of prompt me to think about who do I know that is is at that level that can be kind of engaging with me. Um I think that there's also a period of time that I don't see myself in right now yet when I'm moving toward master coaching where I would absolutely engage a coach and and would be kind of working through what that meant. Um I'm hesitant I think to build in too much because I already feel like I'm building in a lot with these practices and so it's it's needed but I I like to your question of can it wait? I feel like it can a little um as I'm kind of working out all this other stuff and I feel like the sands are kind of shifting so much that I'm I'm not even going to be in a place where I can be like settled and aware for maybe the first month or so um and also when you start a job there's just a lot of stuff that happens that's not your everyday kind of situation you're just being thrown into again a lot of information so it's not going to be consistent um but even as I talk through this, I hear a lot of excuses. So I want to interrogate that for myself a little bit and just think about what does this look like? And, and I do think I'll need support. Um, and I do feel like I've set up support structures in other ways. So this is something that I should definitely consider and think about how to create this community for myself. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, and, and maybe someone listening to this is the right person for this. It would be a relief to me if someone just invited me into this community rather than me having to create another community. That's part of my hesitation. Like, as I'm talking it out, it's just like, I'm always the one to create the spaces. And I would really like for someone to just reach out and say, I'm in need of this. Would you like to join my coaching support group? (laughs) In which case, I would be like, yes, thank you. Can you schedule the meetings? Can you provide, you know, the space? Um, So again, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're at the PCC level and you want some coaching support group people, you know. Give me a call. Um, but I, that's part of it for me that I'm hesitating on because I do feel like I'm creating so much space for other people in this 2020 year. And and I'm trying to do it so intentionally. And this just feels like one more thing. And it's I if it's going to be truly a space where I'm held accountable and I'm feeling taken care of, I can't be the one that creates it. So that thank you for helping me to see that yeah. because that's definitely part of where the hesitation is coming from. For
1: sure. You want to ease into it.
0: Yeah, at least for now. Yeah. 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 Otherwise it's just going to feel like one more checkbox. Absolutely. And I, I think it needs to be something different than that.
1: I'm aware of time. I want to um, move us towards wrapping up. I did want to ask you because you've, you said that at present you have adopted a practice of journaling about the coaching and that you saw that you would might also be able to extend this in the coaching that you're doing um, or the, the coach, mindset that you're bringing to your new job, how would you see the journaling with respect to the coaching situation at work fit in with your ex- existing journaling or alongside?
0: So I have, and I'm, what I'm taking notes, in actually right now as we're talking is my coaching journal. So I have this this notebook that I consider my coaching journal. And one of the things I've been trying to do And it hasn't been that long. It's been about just a couple of weeks that I've been been engaging in this practice. And it was something that I kind of decided to do as I was planning for 2020. So I started it now. I'm trying to set aside time either directly after a coaching call or within 24 hours of a coaching call to just write one page of my kind of process notes. It is purely for me. It is not really about what we decided to do or their accountability, or it's very much about like what I was feeling during the call, um, questions that were raised for me, techniques I used, you know, things that I felt worked really well, things that now that I'm thinking about it, I wish I had done. Um, so it's, it's that kind of like meta level processing of the coaching. And I could see doing that having this with me potentially to make some notes, um, or even just like a couple times a week, you know, like setting aside some time to do this. I think I would need to block it in my calendar, um, or set aside, you know, like on Mondays I do this or I process this on Friday afternoons or whatever the case may be. Um, I'm getting into a place right now with journaling, It feels right, but also getting slightly unmanageable. Like I have several different ways that I'm tracking information now um, because I'm trying to be intentional about where I'm doing this work. So um, I'm also trying to be thoughtful about that. So I could see kind of carrying this around with me and kind of jotting some things down um, as it's happening, but also just maybe having some prompts that I ask myself consistently. I could see that being effective. Um, where did I show up as a coach this week? Where do I wish I had shown up as a coach? How would I have done something different if I was using a coaching mindset in a particular situation? If something doesn't go well, you know, like reframing it for myself and thinking, you know, what would a coach have done in this situation? Or was it that you were practicing as a coach and that wasn't appropriate or whatever, you know, like just kind of like thinking through different possibilities, I think is useful. Um, But I think just in part, having the space for this to go, that like this is the coaching journal, like this is where I talk about coaching with myself, um, has been a helpful thing. I also can imagine that there will be scenarios and things that come up in the coach training that I'm facilitating where I will be able to offer an example um, and kind of process something that has happened um, in the workplace. And that may also be another space that it would be useful, not just for me, but for other people. Okay. Thank you.
1: So I want to take us back to the agenda for uh, today and I want to check in with respect to what you were hoping for today was to look at scenarios where coaching mindset may be helpful as well as scenarios where it may be less helpful and some practices that uh, that you could implement or bring into this new work situation. I want to check how you feel things went
2: and whether there was anything that, you, that we didn't address that you would like to address.
0: This has been a very full session for me. Mm-hmm. Like we've processed a lot of information. This has been really helpful. Um, as you were asking that question, what occurred to me was I've been very focused in on the practices and kind of trying it's like the forest for the trees Um, and I've been really on the trees and I think it could be helpful for me either as a journaling practice or just to further reflect maybe as homework for this session on just what does it mean to me to be a coach all the time Mm. and what is coaching as a way of being like I think that those are questions that will deepen over time and I'll come to a better understanding of what that looks like as I mature as a coach and as I mature as a leader and deepen, you know, into this job and and what it's going to be. But that to me is pulling back and saying, how am I even defining this? And we did a little bit of that here, but I feel like we zoomed in really quickly at my request. You know, we kind of zoomed in and it's your question is kind of reminding me to also pull back and ask those bigger questions. Um, so if people want me to repeat those, the ones that I wrote down were, what does it mean to me to be a coach all the time? And what is coaching as a way of being?
2: Yeah, there's a huge piece around identity.
0: There is. And I feel like that part we didn't really get uh-huh. into. Um, it makes me also think about things that I like to consider practices like radical self-trust as a practice is so nuanced in terms of how it shows up in all these different contexts and and what you need to leverage for that. I think about things like yoga as a practice, like these are complicated Mm identity-based things that we do, and it is not simple. And so I can come up with these practices to say, here's what I think this will be, but really it's deeply rooted going back to my phrase for 2020, deeply rooted in my concept of identity and what it means to me to practice this. Mm -hmm. And in the same way that I would practice something else that I consider to be part of my identity.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting timing, right? Both like moving into 2020, moving into a new job, changing physical locations and and shaping your identity in
0: with all these different, I guess, forces, factors, yeah, variables, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. it's been on my mind a lot. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I love this I, timing. I, I I'm like, like feeling so great. grateful mm-hmm. for this timing because it's helping me to kind of put it all together at once and think about a lot of things at one time. Does it feel a little bit overwhelming and pressure filled? Of course it does. You know, like it feels very momentous, but. The other piece of it, I think, is I am still me. Even as I'm maturing as a coach, you know, it's still me who's doing that. And so this session has been helpful for me to think about what are the things I'm currently doing, like journaling or other things that have been very helpful for me that I can kind of continue to bring into this space as tools. And then are there things I haven't really been doing um, that I might want to start, like the accountability for myself and things like that? But it's also really giving me some confidence in some ways that these are things I do. Like, these are things that are very comfortable for me. The values work, you know, thinking about priorities, modeling things for people. I've been practicing that kind of work for years. So that, that is also, I think, a, an affirmation of what it means to be in these kinds of environments.
1: I guess my final question, is there anything that I can do around accountability or support over the next month or so as you undergo the transition?
0: It would be very helpful for me. I'm gonna look at my calendar yeah. to see if there's like a date that I can pick for this. Mm-hmm. I would love like an email check-in. Okay. And I would love it to happen like the 13th or the 14th of February cuz mm-hmm. that'll be like roughly 2 weeks on the job. Okay. Where I can kind of and and really just kind of the how how are you showing up as a coach? Yeah. Like how, how okay. is this going? You know, what is what are you learning about how coaching as a way of being is working in this space. Um because this is very experimental for me and when things are experimental it means sometimes they don't work. And you don't know, um, or it changes or shifts in a way that you're not anticipating. So yeah, let's, I would love to have a check-in and as we record this, this is like two months from now. Um, because I, I think I'll need a little bit of time and space to think about what this is. Um, but for folks who are listening to this season, the good news is the next episode that releases will be our debrief and you'll get to hear how this has gone for me. And, um, Yeah.
1: That's great. I am looking forward to hearing that and to connecting with you again, Kate.
0: Yeah, me too, Isabeau. This yeah. was really helpful. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. And for our listeners, um, thank you for hanging in with season two of Coach to Coach. Um, this is Isabeau and my last peer coaching session where we're coaching each other. And as I mentioned in this next episode, you'll get to hear us debriefing not only the topics we talked about and kind of how things are going with that, But also the techniques and the tools that we used and things that we felt were effective or that we had questions about as we were going through this, both as coaches and as clients. Um, So I really look forward to to debriefing that with you, Isabeau. Me too. um, Yeah. Yeah. I will plan to see you next time. You
1: bet. Thanks so much, Katie.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coach to Coach. For any resources mentioned in the episode, check out the episode show notes at drkatylinder.com coach. If you found this episode to be helpful, please take a moment to rate or review the show in Apple Podcasts or recommend this episode to a friend or colleague.
2: Thanks for listening.